Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Open the pod bay doors now. I'm sorry, Jan. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the most we ever lost in the contest? Go ahead. Make my day. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Black Hole Cinema. I'm Dan Taylor and I'm back again after a two-week break. I have to admit I've missed my um, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday evening film chatter with Monsieur Black. I'm afraid he's not here this week. He'll be back uh, for the big Marvel special at the end of the month and I'm sure we'll miss him, um, but we're in good company this week. Uh, joining me uh, from the Fan Friction podcast, which I'm sure he'll talk about in great detail for us, is Mr. Chris <laughs> Haig. <laughs> How are you, Chris? Hello. Uh, I am very well. How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, are you going to give us an educational talk on, um, you know, wolf porn or... <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, um, we'll save that for later <laughs> on the week. <laughs> That's what I was in the show, wasn't it? <laughs> that's my special no. um, and that's the dulcet tones of Mr Chris Byrne hello Hello. Um, you've got uh, a website cinematronics.co.uk uh, is that right? that is spot on yes yeah. uh, I, uh, I use it to host uh, well two of my podcasts which are I'll be honest, I've been dormant for quite a bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this is the first time I've been on a podcast for quite a few months since November. I think last time I talked about was Interstellar. Yeah. So uh, that's just how long it's been. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, so I'm planning on getting in the podcast ring very shortly anyway, so... Yeah, well, it's lovely yeah, well. to have you in the uh, Black Hole family, as it were. It's your first time, isn't it, on the show? And, and Chris, is this the first one you've done in the new wave of um, podcasts, or is it the second time? I think this is the first one I've ever managed to do in the new wave, because yeah. I did a Lost in You la- about this time last year, yeah. but yeah, new wave. Lovely, lovely. So, as you've noticed, we've got two Chrises this week, so we're going to refer to them by their surnames, um, so they know who I'm referring to, um, and you guys uh, listening as well. We'll move on and get on with the review straight away. We've got Hot Tub Time Machine 2, um, Good Kill... John Wick, and then we'll finish off with The Duff. Um, So we'll start off with Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Four years ago, these best friends discovered a hot tub time machine. It's the fucking 80s, guys! 
but what they did in the past would change our world. Was it morally wrong for me to exploit my knowledge of the future for personal financial gain? He's calling himself the father of the internet? I'm the father of the fucking internet. Ever since I wrote Let's Get It Started back in 86, I've been on a roll. Hey Nick, rip off any pop stars lately? Today I recorded an original piece. You say I only hear what I want to. Okay. It was a Lisa Loeb song. Rob Corddry, Craig Robinson and Clark Duke return in the sequel that potentially never should have been made, which sees Lou finds himself in trouble and Nick and Jacob fire up the hot tub time machine in an attempt to get back to the past. But obviously they inadvertently land in a different time zone, the future this time round, with Adam Jr. played by Adam Scott. Um, and along with him, they have to alter the future in order to save the past, which is really the present. So if you're keeping up, then wonderful, because it's not that difficult when actually you get down to it. They actually do quite a good job of trying to explain the specifics of the time travel they're talking about, um, which for a comedy you've kind of got to give them kudos for. Unfortunately, it's a comedy, and they seem to forget that, and all the jokes... <laughs> for me anyway, seemed to fall flat. Um, what did you think, Chris Byrne? Well, it's funny because I've literally just rewatched the uh, the first one, mm. uh, just to have a, a good taste of like, oh, that's why everyone liked it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, I think it was one of the things like, yeah, the, the first one everyone liked, and um, so let's just do a sequel. Mm. And I, I think it was one of the things where it just... It just it said, look, it looked good on paper, and I'm sure the money was there, so that's why everyone said yes. Yeah. The only thing is, actually, they only allocated half the budget for the first one um, for it, so even the people that were making the film didn't actually have any. Oh, they did it. Okay, well, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> well, well it, clearly, it must have been the uh, the script they must have just fell in love with. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's not very good. Let's face it. Yes. No. <laughs> You think they'd learn by Back to the Future 2 that mm-hmm. yep. it's maybe to go in a sequel I, I don't know I, I kept thinking maybe they should have done it in the way of like the last time Back to the Future 2 where they've like would they go back to the first one they had to like kind of recover themselves yeah. like almost in some sort of way I, I don't know I, I think John Cusack is sadly missing in this yeah yeah. it's just something missing I and mean, even they're trying to cover it with um, is it Andrew Scott is it is yeah. that, the, that the fellow's name? Uh, yeah, Adam did. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Adam Scott. Sorry. Yeah, and he just doesn't cut the mustard with this. Uh, it, the thing is, I mean, he's quite a funny guy, Adam Scott. Um, I can't remember. Is he in Community or um, Parks and Rec? Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which he's uh, very good in, but he kind of plays a very thinly drawn version of that character, and they don't seem to do. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not his fault, no. but it's just, it's just like what, what's on there. I mean, there, there are certain things like. The uh, what, what the what's it what's it called that game show that Christian Slayer hosts? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I know the one. Okay, you yeah, uh, yeah, that that that's pretty funny. And also, mm. and also like the uh, the references like did in the first one where the uh, like when Craig Robson like oh, there's like a, a nod nod to like when they say the name the title, mm. and yeah. and they do this again with this like oh so it's like uh, pops up time machine too and it's like wink to the camera. Yeah, that was funny. That's kind of about it. Oh, mm-hmm. and um, and there's a bit at the end. Where uh, with has a bit of hardcore violence in, which kind of amused me. I kind of liked it, but I won't say it just now, just in case spoilers. But yeah, yeah, that's about it. 
Yeah, with this one, we won't go into too much of a spoilery territory because, um, well, to be fair, we might as well because I don't know if anyone's actually going to watch it after they listen to this review. Because they, uh, they, they might, they might feel really inspired, sir. Yeah, they might, they might have the you know professional <laughs> curiosity to go and uh, check it out, but yeah, I just don't bother. <laughs> um, Cordery is not really lead man material, and you know you mentioned John Cusack not being in it. And the fact is, he, he pops up for a brief cameo, and they don't even credit him for it. So I think he literally went, no, don't bother, this is my little present to you. Um, and two-thirds of the writing team also didn't come back for this one. Um, they were obviously the better two-thirds of the writing team, because the script is pretty dire. And most of the laughs seem to be, um, you know, Craig Robinson is, is quite well known for his um, kind of... Um, uh, making, comedy, uh, comedy, yeah, comedy. Uh, yeah, but kind of uh, what's the word? Making up as he goes along, uh, you know, improvisation. Improvisation. Yeah. That's the one. You know, through his improvisational comedy, and to be fair, that seems to be where most of the laughs kind of come from. You mentioned obviously his little nod to the camera, which might have been potentially the only written line of the whole script. The rest just they just seem to be kind of bumbling their way through it. They also waste. Um, I mentioned uh, community. They've got the actress from uh, that series. I can't remember what she's called now. Gillian uh, Jacobs. Jacobs yeah. yeah. And she has a minor part, and she's basically just minimised to, you know, a sexual object, um, uh, you know, for the uh, character of Jacob, played by Clark Duke. And it's completely unbelievable as well. You're kind of like, she is smoking hot, and he is not. <laughs> and you, you kind of wonder, you know... Um, as we always do, we have to suspend relief sometimes. And you know, sometimes you see these actors, and they're like, they pull the hottest bird in the film, and you're like, really? No, I just can't see that. Not when there's, you know, Adam, <laughs> not not when there's like Adam Scott standing there, and you know, he's obviously a lot more better looking. And they also seem like um, like a lot more likable. Like the particularly uh, Rob Corddry's character. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like in in the first one, there was. There's a bit of substance to him. There's a bit like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's, he's attempting to commit suicide, or he's like, mm. he's got suicide, suicide thought. He's like, quite almost like a tragic character. Yeah. But in this one, there's none of that now because no. obviously that's all been resolved. Mm. But yeah, he's still acting like a douchebag. Yeah. Uh, and you go into uh, it, what you think? It just like he, he, he kind of just being a dick for the sake of being a dick now. Mm. And it's just, nah, it, it just wasn't well drawn out. Wasn't well thought out. No. Well, I, Sadly. Yeah, well, I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, they struggled with, you know, there is no lead character this time around, and... Um, well, it is, it's Rob Corddry. Well, that's just... what I mean, yeah, and they, they tried to kind of, you know, piece it together about, oh, well, we'll just make him a massive asshole uh, again, mm. you know, at least that will get a few laughs and it will kind of fill that void um, that's been left behind, but ultimately you, you still need a moral compass, you know, in the middle of it, and mm. that's obviously what John Cusack provided in the first film, and, you know, without that, it just... It just you just end up with dick jokes and you know homophobia and I wouldn't go as it certainly didn't go into the kind of territories that Get Hard went into um, mm. but that's I know that's caused a lot of controversy um, since it's released particularly here in the UK you know Hot Tub doesn't quite go that far but the comedy has very little substance to it see all, all these things wouldn't really matter if it was just funny yeah you know yeah. It's, it, it, that's the problem it's just yeah it's just not funny enough. Yeah. It, and that's where it falls yeah. down. Moment, I, also, I would like to also like point out that I hate to sound like a bit of a like a like a time continuity fuddy duddy, mm. you know, because I know it is meant to be a silly comedy. Yeah. But the idea that Craig Robinson's character like I, like basically just stealing other people's songs mm. decides now in 2015 
to to I don't know I'm gonna do Lisa Lowe uh, song mm. a song that was out probably twenty years ago I don't I think she would have already done that song yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I it, yeah it's a, that kind of like makes me um hang on I mean apart from the fact that it makes him look like an absolute fucking arsehole by by robbing all these people's careers yeah. for his own benefit but it's just like. But uh, would she would have done that song yeah. already. I mean, is this is this actually now set in ninety one or what? I, I don't I don't understand. I, yeah, I, I think they're kind of they're kind of going down the you know the route of oh you know one, once you mess with time it's going to fuck alternate up alternate timeline. Yeah, it's going to just fuck yeah. up everything, and that's not necessarily the thing, isn't it? You, you know, it, it does. Yeah. I say time travel doesn't really work like that, but you know, <laughs> well, that's going to do a bit of a dangerous territory. But you know, the the the, the theory, you know, the most popular yeah, theory is it, that it, you change. It, it would have. It would have been probably better if you did someone more current, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, and I don't think they'll be coming back for a third one. Um, as I said, the budget was cut for this <laughs> one. I don't think it's taken a lot of money at all. And yeah, it's, it's been pretty universally accepted to be goddamn awful. <laughs> Uh, if you want to check out Hot Tub Time Machine, so five stars then. Yeah, absolutely five stars for that one. So that will definitely be in cinemas for two more weeks, so you can go and catch that one. Uh, if not, just wait for it to come on Netflix because you know it will be. We gotta make America happen, bro. No, you're not gonna be super welcome there, but but we should totally go. Up next, we've got Ethan Hawke's uh, reunion with director and writer Andrew Nicole in Good Kill. Eyes on the objective. Engage at your discretion. Roger that. Target. Lasered. Three, two, one, right. Good kill. War is now a first-person shooter. Half of you were recruited in malls precisely because you are a bunch of gamers. Any time of day or night, drones are in the sky above whatever godforsaken place we're at war with that day. Good Kill is about a Las Vegas-based fighter pilot turned drone pilot who fights the Taliban by remote control for 12 hours a day and then goes home to the suburbs and feuds with his wife and kids for the other 12 hours. But the pilot is starting to question the mission. Is he creating more terrorists than he's killing? Is he fighting a war without an end? So it's fair to say Andrew Nicole started off his career pretty well. Uh, he made Gattaca in 1997, uh, I believe. Came up with The Truman Show, I think, a year or two after that. But since then, has really struggled to kind of make a dent afterwards. I, I think Lord of War, that was all right in like 2005, but that kind of splits people's opinion. And it doesn't really change much with Good Kill. It kind of suffers from what you know a lot of his films have recently is that they could have been good on paper but they just hadn't quite worked out for the best what good kill does is it, it seems to come from a very left-wing political wavelength and it just shouts exactly what it wants to say and, and in fact for me it just completely alienated me and it, it was the other thing was it was just boring i don't know if you agree did you both see this one yeah uh yes yeah uh so chris hey what do you think I have kind of mixed feelings about Good Kill because it's one of these films where it's not really my kind of bag, but I mm-hmm. thought, okay, it sounds interesting because the post-traumatic stress disorder and so it affects and that sort yeah. of thing. And I, 
I understand what you mean about him having a mixed bag previously because if you look at the films he's done, you know, he did Gattaca, which was good, but then he did that Simone, where yeah. he's the virtual reality. Yeah, Robert. Mm-hmm. Was it Robert De Niro? Al Pacino? Whoever. Al Pacino. Yeah. Is it Al Pacino? Yeah. Good Kill, I think, is, again, like you said, it's one of these films that is, has a great concept, but the execution's a bit yeah. off. Because Ethan Hawke is, he is a, you know, a great actor, yeah. and this is the first thing I've seen him in since parts of the uh, Before series. Mm-hmm. I think it was Before, is it Before Midnight? The last the one? one, yeah. And I saw that and I thought, yeah, he's great, all that sort mm. of thing. And I've that's, seen that's, Gattaca. That's, and I, that's like, like, not Alan. Um, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no? What, um, yeah, I'm thinking of... No, 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 it's, it's Sunrise, isn't it? Sorry. Uh, Hawk seems to go to two directors, seems to go between the two. Um, Andrew Nicole's one, yeah. um, and Linklater's the other. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. I get It's just, it's one of those films where you watch it and you're kind of like, well, I can see what they're trying mm-hmm. to do. And they are trying to give sort of a portrayal of how, even if you are disconnected and, you know, you are just flying the drone, that sort of thing, how it can have a positive, a, a really detrimental effect on your mental health and so on and so forth. But I just. I just could not truly get into it for the life of me. And it's a shame because, you know, Ethan Hawke is actually trying his best, but I think he's just one of these in the sort of the long line of films for, you know, Andrew Andrew Nichol, which they're great concepts, but it's a kind of tired execution mm-hmm. that stops them from being great, you know, and he does have some decent actors there, you know, you've got like, January Jones, you've got Jake Abel, you've got um, in Zoe Kravitz, who's actually proving herself to be, she's getting better, mm-hmm. yep. I personally yep. think, goes along, because she started off and she was like, oh, it's okay, it's Lady Kravitz's door, or that sort of thing. Yeah, I, she, I found that out, like, the other day, and I was like, shit, that's, that's Lisa Bonham, Bonet's <laughs> and Lenny Kravitz's mm. daughter, fucking yeah. ass it. She, <laughs> oh, you just noticed, like, Jesus Christ. Well, then I felt old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you are in the market to see a kind of a decent film about the effects of war on people, then Hurt Locker. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 to be fair, <laughs> yeah. it does have something to say, but literally it smashes you over the head with it. Oh yeah, there's no nuance no. to it at all. It is just, you know, this is what happens, this well, is what happens, and you're like, yeah, we're not right. stupid, we get it. It's quite a sombre piece, but it's. I have the same issues as as you guys have. It's um, it 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 does as uh, as you say, like just like all of here's my opinion, and I'm gonna sort of say fuck you. I'm I'm right. This is all horrible mm. stuff. And I was like think, but I when I thought it was actually the most interesting was when Lenny Kravitz's daughter was. So I actually completely forgot. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, Kravitz. I uh, was actually arguing with the uh, the other uh, arsehole drone mm-hmm. guy and about like. About like sort of pros and cons. She's she's proper against it. She's like such liberal, and then like obviously the guy's quite conservative. And I actually found the film actually more interesting when having these debates yeah. of like kind of like the the right and wrongs and the moralities. And I thought it would have been a much better film if the if the film stuck to that kind of tone of like of well what is right? You know, is is America the bad guys by using right drones by flying over or or are they actually doing a means yeah. to the end by sort of like just just getting it done there and then without, you know, prolonging any, any sort of dirty harm which might actually... I found... That's why I found it actually, oh, this is actually quite interesting. Then it's like, oh, no, you're kind of like... You make, you you know what you are. You, you're telling me that it's all horrible. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, well the, the, yeah. the, the thing for me is Zoe Kravitz's character, the, the fact that she's so against it and, and very much of the opposite. You, you think, you know, why yeah. are you there? And, you know, eventually, obviously, you know, spoilers, by the end of the film, it seems like she, you know, she hangs up her wings, as it were. But 
you know, was she just there because she had the hots for Ethan Hawke's character, which again is slightly bizarre because you know I get I get this yeah. kind of dark and brooding thing is supposed to be sexy, but he's he's got he's boring for starters. He's also yeah. an alcoholic. He's also married, so <laughs> you know, really don't go there, love. Come on. Um, he's, all, she's, he's also twice her age. On top of that, and that was my issue with um, Ethan Hawke's character. He was just boring. You know, you, you've got a ca- you know a really charismatic um, character actor. You know, I, I, the last thing I saw him in was well, actually Gattaca. Um, oddly enough, I only watched that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but before that was Boyhood, and you know those two films show actually his variety and you know and you know how how good he can be. And this film just has him just grunting through the whole thing. Um, January Jones mm. also is awful. She has one, which she, has, <laughs> she 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 can be brilliant, but she's awful in this. She has one potentially good scene, and well, then is, she goes. Is, is she awful, or did she not have anything exactly, to do? Yeah, well, potentially. Just, is yeah. it one of those things? Yeah, but she she has one potentially good scene where she comes home drunk and she shows what she can do, and then she goes hit me, and I'm just like fuck off. Yeah, you know, that's just completely just. At, like, I was not. Well, I say I wasn't expecting that. You know, I should know better, but you know, it's completely out of character from what we've seen of either them so far yes it's an alcoholic but because he's an alcoholic what he hits his wife you know it's just very very boring the only person that's decent in this is bruce greenwood who plays um uh, jake johns who's the um kind of top dog as it were um and he you know he seems the most consistent character and and some of what he has to say you know is a little bit more interesting you know he obviously talks about you know it's 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 war it is what it is you know if we stop now do you think they are etc and he's kind of the you know the more ambiguous um about his opinion whereas literally you've got Ethan Hawke and Zoe Kravitz on one side and these two dickheads who you know have no redeeming qualities at all on the other side and it just you've got this you know got Bruce Greenwood's character thankfully in the middle but it's just not enough you know as you said there's not enough debate there the interesting stuff that happens is so it's just so minuscule it happens in all of about one scene that in fact you, you just think you know it could have been done so much better on paper as I said you know it looked like a really really good film and I was really looking forward to seeing it and in the end I wish I hadn't wasted the money <laughs> any um, finishing comments about that one? no which I think it's kind of says it all really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I it, it, it didn't leave that much of a lasting impression for me to kind of say well you know but it's it, it's I'd say it's fine. It's not. I don't say it's no. terrible. I mean, I, I I I found it like an enjoyable watch, but well, I say enjoyable, engaging watch, but it it kind of just passed the time, and and yeah, I, I, it could have just could have been yeah. better. What is it that you miss so bad? Combat. Okay, before we move on with our final two reviews, we'll have a quick rundown of the box office top ten from last weekend. Still hanging on for the sixth week is the second best exotic Marigold Hotel, uh, which has dropped six places actually, but still took over £150,000 this week, taking a total of £15 uh, gross to date here in the UK. What did you guys think of that one? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the first one. <laughs> so, no comment, I'm afraid. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I mean it, it looks like 
like something that's like you watch on a Sunday afternoon with a cup of tea and biscuit. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's 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 one of those, yeah. you know. But no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, if you wanted to know what um, uh, Tony and Les thought, you can go back a few episodes. Um, they re- they actually recorded that one live from a pub, believe it or not. So <laughs> that made for interesting listening. Um, number nine, <laughs> believe it or not, is, is Blade Runner, which has been re-released by uh, the BFI. Um, it was new in this week. Um, surprisingly, didn't take that much money. But then, you know, how many times do they want to re-release Blade Runner? I believe they tried to re-release it again last year as well. So that seems to be one which has director's cuts after director's cuts he does like his director's cuts he does he does indeed <laughs> <laughs> number eight is while we're young that was a never new release um last week at number seven is the water diviner which is the uh, russell crowe starring um film which basically watch the trailer because the whole film is there um so you might as well not go see it um, just watch the trailer and you, you get the gist of the story. Um, that one's taken uh, just under, uh, or just over rather, half a million pounds this week. Uh, dropping uh, one place is the Divergent series Insurgent, uh, which is now at number six. That one's taken uh, just, undo, just under seven million pounds uh, in three weeks. So that's still hanging on, um, but it'll probably drop a few more places within the next few weeks. We've already mentioned it this evening. At number five is Get Hard. Uh, already dropped two or well, one place actually, so it's not it's not done too badly. It's held on just just getting under a million pounds this week alone, so that will probably be hanging around for a few more weeks yet. Number four is the first of the kids' films, uh, as it were, for this this week, which is the SpongeBob movie Sponge Out of Water. That was taken over a million pounds this week alone. Above it is Home. That one's now into its third week. That one's taken nearly two and a half million pounds this week alone. Um, actually grossed 14 million to date, so it's currently outgrossing our number two spot, which is Cinderella, um, the Kenneth Branagh um, live action adaptation of the traditional Disney story. Have you, have you, have you actually seen that one? Yeah, I, I, I watched it. Yeah. I, I, I double-billed it with... Um... Fast and Furious 7, fair enough. <laughs> That's quite, <laughs> quite a diverse <laughs> yeah. taste there. They, they really do complement each other if you think about it. Yeah. I'll give you just Vin Diesel in a dress and I'll just be like, oh, that's good. Probably would have been a more interesting reimagining, which is what Kenneth Branagh tried to claim it was, uh, but it basically it was word for word exactly the same as the animated film. Um, you can uh, check my review. Well, now. actually, I thought the animated version had a little bit more bite because yep. didn't the cat actually fall off the building I mean yeah. I, I mean I assume it died but it, it was quite high but yeah I mean, Dude, it was, the cat dies <laughs> that's quite dark for you know 50 odd years ago I, I, yeah, I, yeah I was I was surprised by well this is the animated version I'm, I'm talking about so that's why I was surprised when I, I watched it but I was like she, she kicks the cat out of the window and I was like did she that cat die <laughs> I, I, never seen or heard of again so I, I've got to assume yeah it's definitely <laughs> Um, but it's bad. It was called the Usefer, so it must, yeah. it must be evil. But yeah, it's. Uh, I thought the the kind of Brenner one was. Uh, it's okay. It's you know the problem is it hasn't got any bite, hasn't got any edge. It just feels like a. I can see what he's trying to do, trying to be very much like stick to the original kind of big dresses and costumes and all that, and it looked very nice, but it was just a bit. Yeah. It, was just, it just lacked something. It just lacked it, like like. 
a substance. Yes. It's, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. But then again, I'm, I'm not a 14 year old girl, no, so. No, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a perfectly good film. Like, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily yeah. do anything like, wrong. Performances the are good. Is Kate Blanchett's yeah. brilliant. I actually thought Richard Madden was quite good. A lot of people don't necessarily agree yeah. with that. I actually thought he, you know, brought a bit of brought a bit, something a bit interesting to the you know, character of Charming, you know, and, and it's got a, a Rob Brydon popping up. That was the highlight for me. That just, just that scene alone should have just been Rob Brydon through the whole film. Actually, maybe just Rob Brydon as Cinderella. That'd have been great. <laughs> uh, at number one, it's no surprise. Uh, it's Fast and Furious Seven or Furious Seven or F and F Seven, however you want to refer to it. Saving a ridiculous amount of money in its first week both in America and here in the UK. It's already been confirmed that it's retained its number one spot this weekend in the States, and it'll be exactly the same in this country as well. I can't see anything getting close to it this weekend either. You've both seen that one. What did you think? Uh, I liked it, yeah. I thought it was... It it was kind of solid, kind of paint-by-the-numbers action, but it did a very nice send-off to Paul Walker, and the supporting cast was nice, because, you know, there's um, Nathalie Emmanuel, who's from Game of Thrones, and then you've got, um, you know, The Rock popping in, and then you've got... um, Statham. Yes, obviously, Statham, and then you've got Jimon Hunsu, and all these these pretty good actors just popping in for, like, 20 minutes of pop, going, yeah, I'm going to be a villain for a bit. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of awesome. I mean, you've got, like, Helen Mirren saying she'd love to be it, which I'm now starting a petition, Helen Mirren, to be the Fast and Furious 8. Lead. You know what? They, they, they would cast her. They, yeah. they would literally go, oh, like, yeah, why, why not? Because it's, it, it, it's quite amazing. You think you go back to the original film and think how far it's actually gone. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. just... It's just become this kind of like expendables. It's like it's got really nothing to do with racing anymore. It's just it's just thrown in just for the sake of like yeah, just it's about racing. I reckon they car race at the start of the film. Yeah, I, I reckon they should make a Vin Diesel's Nan in it. Just 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 throw her in there. I, I know it's you know, not quite the right race, but you know her husband could have been you know you know a, a man of color as it were. So it, you know balance out and it's. Yeah, we don't take this films too seriously. I, I, I would buy her Mirren as, <laughs> as, 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 as Granny Diesel. <laughs> to be honest, I really don't think they would give a fuck anyway. And, and <laughs> they let, wouldn't and, even and try and, and explain and, it. This, this and, is and, and, and let's face it, why the fuck would you? No. I mean, like it's it's yeah. just. I mean, it, it is thing. It's now become this big, massive juggernaut of crazy, bonkers action for the sake of crazy bonkers action it, it's like it, it's literally room like room full of people like uh going like oh should we have like cars parachute from the sky yeah that yeah like and one person goes like is isn't isn't that just absolutely fucking ridiculous and like, i'm like yeah mm. point point being yeah no 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 point <laughs> and then yeah we'll do we'll do that then and it's just basically like uh i mean is it, have we got a bit too many people in the cast yeah no, 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 that's fine. No, uh, no, well, it's, it's I added another five stars this time. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what just like it's just this random like kind of geeky. Yeah, well, like, you know what? We'll throw in Kurt Russell and he'll he'll do a bit, and then you'll go like, oh great, I'm not seeing Kurt Russell in ages. This yeah. is great. And then you got like you know, Tony Jaa being like a henchman. It, 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 yeah. it, it, it I mean, it, I do admire its balls for actually going. I mean, you you, you would have thought going into it after seeing the last one, uh, going, oh, it's going to be just Jason Statham, like them versus Jason Statham. It would that, that that's the actual plot, mm. but they've actually said actually no, we're going to actually throw in another plot in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's actually it's two films, mm. <laughs> and you've got to remember it's like it's just it, it, it's just just like this. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Just 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 like it doesn't make any sense, but who the fuck cares? Let's face it. Let's just, like- just do really well drawn out action scenes. It's just 
it's just a bag load of fun, so I'm not surprised yeah. you're making a ton of money. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, it's like a really joyous kind of clusterfuck. It's just like, yeah. you know, we'll throw everything. If some of it doesn't work, fuck it, we'll throw more until it works. Yeah. yeah. I, I do. I have. It's, kind of it's Looney Tunes. I mean, I'm not, I mean, yeah. I won't be that surprised if an amble falls on someone's head. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or or like on top of Vin Diesel's head and he just sort of like gets up his like, head like a pancake and he yeah. just wobbles it. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, fuck it, who cares? It's the only franchise actually that I can think of that, that's this long now that's, that didn't start off massive. You know, you, know, you think of... Uh, no, uh, it, it was uh, popular when the first film was like was a sort of like a sleeper hit, yeah. And then it kind of just kind of it, you you expect it kind of like to sort of like when it had when it hit uh, was Tokyo Drift. Tokyo was that, Drift, yeah. Was that a DVD over here, but released in the states, or, or was that actually theatrical over here? I can't um, remember. Uh, I remember that being in cinemas. Yeah. Tokyo Drift was it? Okay. Uh, yeah, but, um, but you know, you, you think of obviously you know, your Harry Potters and your Star Wars and stuff like that. They were massive. You know, the first film it was you know they were massive films. But you know, it took a good four or five films really for this series to really kick off, and it was the sixth one really that started making money. And you know, you know they're going to make an eighth one now. You know, uh, uh, there's, there's obviously question marks over you know, it, you know, is it in bad taste? You know, they've obviously ended you know Paul Walker's story you know really nicely in this one, but. For me, that's kind of the point. They've they've nicely ended his story. You know, they've they've kind of done this film, you know, for him, and um, you know, they've kind of shut the door on his story. Doesn't mean they can't carry it on. Um, mm. You know, ultimately, yeah. you know, the main, you know, a lot of the it, other characters come out unscathed, as it were, and you know, we're going to carry on. So there's no reason why the franchise has to end just because, you know, they're you know one of their linchpins. Because that's the thing; it's I, one linchpin, isn't it? You, this yeah, series keeps growing I, I, up. I am, I am worried for the next one because mm. uh, it it will just feel like something is missing with Paul Walker, isn't it? Mm. Particularly with cause it's predominantly about. Those like they're, those two are like the key yes, yeah. sort of figureheads, yeah. and like without them, we just feel like it just it'll just feel like a little bit empty. So I'm not sure how it works. Mm-hmm. That said, I would not be surprised if can, can I sort of spoil it or kind of potentially spoil it? <laughs> well, we should hope everyone's seen it now and wants to see it. Yeah, so we'll, 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 spoiler warning. I, 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 but here we go. <laughs> I, I, I won't be surprised if Jason Statham join, um, joins them in the next one. Mm. Awesome. And becomes actually a begrudgingly member, mm. and then and then yeah. next and then and then in the past, Furious so Nine, yeah. he's like, it's like yeah, he's won the team, and yeah. then and no one plays fucking happen. Well, it's, it's <laughs> Stallone gets in the film and goes, uh, yeah, do you fancy doing? Fast oh, an Expendables the, crossover, the Fast and Furious Expendables. <laughs> yes, oh yes, take my fucking money, take it now. Um, there we go, Hollywood. You can um, thank Black Hole Cinema for that idea. And um, <laughs> I'll take a cut of the profits, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, so that's the box office top ten for this week. Up next, we've got our review of John Wick. I lost everything. That dog was a final gift from my dying wife. Jonathan. You got out once. You dip so much as a pinky back into this pond, you may find some. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Something reaching out to pull you back in. It's personal. Where'd you get that car? What does it matter? It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. Nobody? But nobody. It's John Wick. John Wick, played by Keanu Reeves, is a mob hitman who, upon falling in love, quits. Five years later, his wife dies, and to make sure he's not alone, she arranges for a dog to be brought to him after her death. Later, some men wanting his car break in and beat him up and then kill his precious dog. When he recovers, he sets to get the ones who killed his dog, but he learns that the leader is the son of his former employer, and the man wanting to protect his son tries to take care of Wick, but he's still as good as he always was. I'm going to admit I'm not a massive action fan you know, in this kind of area where it is you know, it's unapologetic it's violent you know he goes around and he kills 50 60 70 i believe someone counted 80 deaths in this film usually i'm not a big fan of that kind of film you know i wasn't a massive fan of the raid franchise i can sit there and appreciate it but you know but for me this one is potentially going to be probably the biggest the, well, not the biggest but the best action film of this year because everything just kind of falls into place, I think. Chris Byrne, what do you think? I loved it. Mm. You actually get a song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, I am a huge action guy. Uh, one of the podcasts is The Action Junkie, so I'm like a proper yeah. nerd when it comes to action films. Uh, so well, as soon as I heard about this, film was coming, I was like, yes, take my fucking money. I cannot wait to see this film. And I got increasingly agitated the more and the more that that release date got pushed a bit further back. Mm. It was like it was like yeah, it was released in the states in October, mm. and you think, oh, okay, what well, should you know looking for? That's not what you mean. It's not out till the second of January. Over here. Jesus Christ. Okay, then you get closer to second January, and it's like oh no, we're gonna move it to April. <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> so I was just like, it's like this is so not fair. I want to see this Pokemon, and it you know it just didn't disappoint. I mean, it is exactly what it says in the tin. Yeah. It is just. Kenny Reeves, he, he looks cool as fuck, and he's pissed, and he just kills lots of people. Uh, the action scenes are very well done. Um, it, it's, it, you, you actually can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You can actually see the, the, the stunt, the geography of it all. It's not like it is in the Taken sequels, where you, you, where it's just all cuts of fuck, and it just doesn't look horrible, and you can't see anything. And so it's actually nice to have an action film that gets it fucking right, and it's just unapologetic. There is a kind of like a noir 
uh, feeling. There's a kind of like there's a the, obviously the lone hitman, the kind of samurai vibe going in. There's that, that honor and loyalty and all those themes. And but uh, and then day it just knows exactly what it is. It is just pure. Just all about Keanu Reeves shooting people in the face, and that's brilliant. I, I love that. But there is also a really nice comic book element to it, which I really, really dug, and it really surprised me. It was the, it was the kind of like the underworld uh, part of about being a hitman. How there's like this kind of like this organization where you can actually go to like hotel and you pay by specialized yeah. coins, yeah. and it's like it felt very much like a graphic novel in that sort of sense, and that. And I think that's where it's you know it leaves open doors for like a sequel because I would have yeah. thought the plot of this film you think well because that's a one off that's not going to play as a sequel so but it, I, I can see doing it from that kind of angle. Um, I've talked about this film quite a bit yeah. now, so I'm going to let the other Chris talk. <laughs> I l- liked it more than I thought I was going to because I did you know when I was going into it I was thinking oh, okay I know what the story is it's going to be you know sorry of the poor guy and his wife dies and it's so sad and it's going to be like a weird tick and mashup thing but I did enjoy it more than I thought I was going to I mean I, I initially didn't make it past the sort of first 15 minutes because I was like oh it's a cute dog oh my god what's happened to the <laughs> dog um, it's not graphic but you're just like okay yeah but no, I again I really enjoy it I think the action's done very well I think the I, it, it's just a weird thing to say, but it's just, you know, I mean, I think Burns said it well, it was like, uh, it was choreographed very well, it was shot really yeah. well, because you did get to see everything, like there was the scene in, um, it was, it takes place in some kind of like, some kind of nightclub meets bathhouse, and that entire sequence, it, obviously the best way to describe it, and they're all running around in speedos, and it's just a really surreal yeah. action, but it's, it's really well done, and I'm impressed by it, and the supporting cast is really good, because you've got like, you know, not only do you have Keanu Reeves putting in actually a really, Good performance yeah. for the not for the first time in a while, but because he hasn't had a film out in ages. But I think the last one we had up was that um, was it Forty Seven Ronin? Yeah, yeah, he's made some really yeah. bad films. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He, he, you should yeah, maybe but, check out. Uh, he directed a film called Man of Tai Chi. That's that's actually all right. Yeah. That's pretty good. Was oh, it good? Yeah, oh, it's, no. it, it's basically Keanu Reeves. Uh, he, he he's actually plays the bad guy in it, but it's a, he's a martial. It's like a tournament film, kind of tournament revenge film. I think if I remember correctly. But yeah. Um, it, yeah, but he basically plays like the the, the bad guy in it. In a kind of, in a kind of like uh, Enter the Dragon, and he's like the head guy. But yeah, it's really good. I mean, uh, the only thing I kind of have from it is just because I think that the whole idea, and you know, you have Bridget Monaghan who's an amazing actress, but then it's like, oh. You know, she's his dead wife and she's doing all that sort of thing. And she's not really given much of a story, no. really. She's kind of like, he's supporting, you know, his rock and all that sort of thing. But this all happens before the film, yeah. really. So it's, that's the only real problem I, I, I think have it, I think it does what yeah. it needs. I don't think he needs to add any more. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, 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 it's, it's no. one of the things where like, oh, why give it to a role like Bridget Mahone? But then again, it's, it's, it's kind of littered with all these kind of advantages. You've got Willem Dafoe playing the little yeah. role. you got, got uh, Adrian Polinke playing like a really cool like female hit run. you got, uh, you got all these like other yeah, actors. Ian um, Shane. Ian Shane. Yeah, Ian Shane. got like, oh, oh like, oh, oh, it's him. Oh, that guy. Oh, oh it's that guy. It's, it's, it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's kind of littered full of those sort of things. So, I, that also I enjoyed about yeah, it as well. Lance Reddick popped up as the um, kind of hotel manager. He 
just brilliant. Yeah. Just, like, just, you know, just yeah. have a, and that was, for me, one of the, the things um, was just the amount of people that you go, oh, that guy, it's that guy. <laughs> it's the guy from The Wire. <laughs> just like, just all these people. It's that, it's that guy from yeah. Commando. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, that was the interesting element. You mentioned it, Bern, about the, about the hotel and this kind of criminal underworld. And I think the scene you talked about, um, Hague, about the, uh, the club and then the bathhouse kind of... I think this is all the hotel. I think that the hotel has a nightclub yeah. underneath. <laughs> and it's just like... And it did. It was brilliant for that sequence of endless corridors and just just from room to room. And um, yeah. and it was brilliant. And, and that kind of feeling of, you know, the, the, that kind of criminal underworld, um, exactly what you said, Bern, about the fact that it, we could be, it could be explored again. Because there's definitely mm. something in there that was interesting, and it was explored a bit. Um, you know, Al Pacino. Was Al Pacino? Did he pop up? No, he didn't. No, I'm lying. <laughs> he should have popped up. But I also, I also liked how um, it, there was actually humour yeah. in it. There was, there was like there was this little sort of like I say he knows what it is, so it just kind of like it kind of laughs at its own yeah. ridiculousness, and it kind of like just goes. It's it's the whole. I was I was laughing laughing from the beginning part when um, uh, what's the actor's name? The, the plays the main gangster dude. He's in um, Mission Possible. Michael. Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, but um, anyway, but where he, he's like just insinuating what how much his mm. son has fucked up <laughs> just by like yeah yeah he he killed three guys with a pencil. Fucking pencil, and it's just like it's that kind of like yeah, you kind of just laugh at laugh at it, that kind of thing where you have to like stops and reloads midway yeah. through killing someone. It's just it's it's just it's just brilliant. He has a whole like John Wick himself has a whole mythos, and that's what kind of I enjoyed. That like, we just walk up to a bouncer like he's played by Kevin Nash, no less, and you just go and you just go like, "Hi John, um, do you want to take the night off? Yeah, thank you." And just because he just knows it's fucking just that no, worth it. And, yeah. Walks, so yeah, he walks up to the bodyguard, doesn't he, and goes, "Oh, you know, you're, you're, you're working. You've lost some weight." <laughs> just then, and then you're like, yeah. "Do you want to go home?" So it's like, it's, well, it's, you know, like just pop off. You know, cheers, cheers, John. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like literally blows the place to shit. Um, but that you, you also mentioned about the you know the the actual choreography of it is so perfect, and the, you know some nice slow mo mm. moments where you know you really see you know these gut wrenching punches and um, you know he. he uh, you know, a slight spoiler towards the end, where you know the kind of him and the mob boss facing off against each other, and he stabs himself, and you literally almost—it's almost like you can feel the knife penetrating his skin. You know, it's, for moments like that, that's that's what was really exciting. And I also think the soundtrack was particularly good as well. It was a nice uh, blend of you know of different types of music, but it but everything was was very nicely complementing what was on screen, and you know, it, you know, it was upping the tension and, and upping the energy and everything just kind of worked um, and, and for a guy you know the director of, you know basically a former stuntman um, I think he was the stuntman on The Matrix um, to then come out and direct this film you know it's, it's mighty impressive I think yeah absolutely I think that's incredible I mean one of the weird um, comparisons and it's generally it's, as I was watching I was thinking oh my god this is so like it did anyone see The Drop last year yeah. The uh, Tom Hardy James Bond for some reason, even though this is like the complete flip side to it, I just kept thinking of this film because there were certain parallels and all that sort of thing. But they're both really well done, and I it, came out about, from... like 
kind of picking at someone who like has a pa- who's a really violent past yes. and then just and just like to a breaking point where he just snaps off snaps mm-hmm. and just breaks your fingers. Like yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's like it's like prodding like a coiled snake. It's like yeah, don't. <laughs> it's that kind of like anticipation. You know, it's that. It was, it was that kind of element that was reminding you a little bit. Uh, a little bit, yeah. And also because it both have dogs in it. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, of It always goes back to the dog. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I was really happy to see Lance Reddick in it. Particularly because his character's called um, Charon. Charon, Charon. And I'm just like, I was like, oh, like, it's such a geeky little Greek mythology reference. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you can't be mad at a film that does mm. stuff like that. And mm. then it's like, Adrian Pilicky, you know, has um, Tyra from Friday Night Lights killing people. You're just like, I, I walked out that, f- uh, walked out the film much more impressed with it and much happier than yeah. walking in. I was thinking this is gonna, you know, it's gonna be the same shit. It's gonna be like Eastern Promises, or it's gonna be like this, or it's gonna be like that. And I watched it, and I'm like, wow, this is actually. And I came out, I was like, oh, I'd actually rewatch yeah. that. It, it reminds you how good action mm-hmm. film can be when it just like exactly. when it when it just goes, you know, when it just sticks to what what it's good at. Just like you know, it all can be all about this thing. Not gonna be. Like any other bullshit and be serious about getting the, the stunts and coffee right and having a, a simple but you know simple story but just tell it well yeah. and then that, that day yeah, so well Tony you know. and I have debated yeah. it um, in you know podcasts gone by about you know this year we've had some bloody awful action films you know we've got Liam Neeson <laughs> try, you know stumbling around doing his best oh. taken and you know whatever else he wants to do um what was it run with a night wasn't it i i, I like I, li- I like the first taken uh, run all night was actually i was pretty impressed by even though it is essentially uh road mm, to yeah um but you know you've, you've got the stafe coming out with his again doing exactly the same as what the stafe does in his stafe oh, yeah that's i love like stafe but you know <laughs> just not doing anything new not bringing anything new to the table and and you know this yeah. doesn't you know it doesn't do anything really new but what it does do is it does it well and you know every, yeah. every kind of element of it works and it ticks all the right boxes um, and I just said it's got you know it's got watchability you know I would go back and watch this again um, yeah has a nice pace yeah. to it it's like you know there are big action scenes but then there's like there's just there, there's plot then you have like Oh, there's a bit. There's a good action scene, and there's a little plot. Then there's a nice big action scene, and like, there's no plot. Then mm. nice big action. Yeah, you know, it has a nice sort of like. It just runs smoothly. It doesn't like sort of yeah. lose your interest, and like, well, you doesn't spend half an hour waiting to get the next action scene. It does kind of like pace up mm. quite well, you know, and yeah. it fills the gaps like kind of yeah. So it keep, yeah, I think it's really yeah. It's a solid action film that is actually rooted in something. It does have a solid foundation of an actual story, as opposed to being. It's just you know an hour and a half of people kicking the chair out of each other. Which I'm fine with, but it's yeah. If you want to throw a story, (laughs) so John Wick probably that's our film of the week. I would I would think will definitely be in cinemas for at least another couple of weeks. So definitely try and check it out if you can. How good's your laundry? No one's that good. I thought not. Uh, before we move on to our final review, uh, we're going to take a look at the latest film news for this week. Probably the big news, it was, it was what we already knew, really, which is that Joe and Anthony Russo are going to be doing Avengers Affinity War Part 1 and 2. It was broke by Badass Digest uh, last month, but was confirmed officially by Marvel this week. Um, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I'm very excited. As someone who's only seen... Captain America Winter Soldier a couple mm. of times 
but I was really impressed with it, and I thought, I was, I was like, yeah, this is way better than the first one, at least yeah. in my opinion, and I'm I, I'm genuinely excited now, because I was thinking, I, I, you know, I like Joss Whedon, I like what he's done, but I, do, I, I want to see mm-hmm. someone different do the mashup. So that's, yeah, yeah, I am very excited. Interestingly, Joss Whedon commented on it and said, um, you know, every movie... Uh, he's made has you know an ensemble piece um, of increasingly enormous proportions, um, and basically he kind of goes to suggest that Infinity War is perhaps too big for him, and it's perhaps one step too much. Mm. Um, and I you know I think that's great that he's just stood back and gone, yeah, no, I'm going to sit this one out. Um, yeah. You know, I've got a lot of respect for that, and, yeah. and uh, you know you've already mentioned it. I I prefer. Yeah, but when someone like Joss Whedon says, "Oh no, it's a bit too much," does that <laughs> not think mm, alarm yeah. bell ringing? Maybe, yeah, maybe this one <laughs> won't work as maybe. well. Uh, I am worried about this, you know, that I just, I I worry that maybe Thanos is going to be a bit anticlimactic, and um, that I think is maybe the worry is that it's it's got so much to do, it's going to be so big that potentially it's going to fall short, but, you know... Well, well, you all know it's going to be Guardians of Galaxy with the Avengers, aren't you? Particularly by part two. The fact that they've gone for the gold title, um, it's very much the same kind of colour as the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I, I think that's de- yeah. you know, definitely a distinct possibility, if not, you know, definitely going to happen. But you know, you mentioned for me, Winter Soldier was the strongest uh, Marvel film so far. Um, you know, we'll talk more about it in the um, Marvel special in a couple of weeks' time. But the Russo brothers do a great job with it. Um, and I've, you know, I've got a lot of faith that they'll they'll certainly do their best with this, and hopefully, their best is going to be good enough. I, I think that out of the set of directors that they've worked with for, they're they're the best, mm-hmm. better choice because. Uh, with Captain America Winter Soldier, that's the one that's probably better suited to, to go into mm-hmm. Avengers. I would have liked Joss Whedon to have stayed around and do the like the do his like Avengers films and get them yeah. finished. Or if not Joss Whedon, I would have liked to maybe have like tried out someone else, like something that might be a bit more inter- like interesting. But seem not going down that route. I think the Russo brothers are are actually quite a good choice. Yeah, you know, out, out of what we've seen before, and they're probably tied up with. With Civil War as well because you've yeah. got that's pretty much like partial Avengers yes, isn't yeah. it going to be so yeah I, I, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if Whedon's still around um, if he's still involved um, obviously his brother's overdoing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, you know he's, he's still producing on that you know, not necessarily having a particularly active role so I'm sure he'll still be around um, so I wouldn't worry too much oh, I, I think he'll definitely still be a huge part of Marvel because he's done such good work for them that it's going to be one of those things where they're just like, oh yeah, no, we're keeping you around. And he's such a big fan by, you know, they'll, they'll find something else for him. But I think he wants to do, like, his own kind of original stuff. Because he hasn't done any of that in, well, probably since Dollhouse. Oh no, uh, no, Cabin. Cabin in the Woods. Which was awesome. So yeah, I think he's just wanting to try something new. So yeah, good for him. But I, d- I don't think it's the last thing we've seen of Whedon in uh, Marvel. No, and the other news is that Pitch Perfect 3 has been confirmed. That's before the second one's even really been released. Um, that's also along oh. with Ted 3, which has also been confirmed even before Ted oh, 2 has been released. So it seems that um, oh. the distributors these days are, are, you know, expecting their films to take money regardless of whether they're any good or not. So, to be fair, though, let, 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 let's just say, like, if, let's just pursue, they won't do, but let's to say Tetsu <coughs> and Pitch Perfect so completely box office and, and critically yeah. bomb like completely just like pow. think like the, those sequels those 
sequels will start to just disappear. Go, eh, maybe mm. not. People start buying excuses or like maybe it's like, oh well, we'll we'll need to consider other things, and then slowly just get forgot about, and then, then who gives a fuck? That that is a possibility, but you know, let's face it, it's probably it's it's probably inevitable. They are both going to do well, so therefore these sequels are going to yeah, go through. But, so but, yeah, but the thing yeah. is, you know, the Divergent series has already proved that you can't guarantee it's going to take money. You know, Insurgent has at the moment, um, you know, taken less money than, than the first film. I'm sure it will it will creep up and, and maybe just about match it, but it certainly hasn't taken anywhere near what they would expect. Yeah, but so long as they make money. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. the end of the day. As long as they make enough money, I mean, you might find they'll just, probably just, the budget yeah, we'll, will just we'll, drop. We'll, we'll and they'll just yeah. like, and they'll, they'll find a way of making it with yeah. a smaller budget. And so therefore, the, the, the cost won't be, like, a too great a deal. The expectation won't be too yeah. great a deal. You know, but, um, yeah, it'll be fine. We'll be budget for um, Insurgent um, is, is, has been increased from the first one, and currently the, their estimates are only just breaking even on, on what they spent on it. So it's you know looking like it's not going to make any time oh. money at all um, unless it picks up you know in the next few weeks, which is which is. Well, it's always DVDs. Yeah, so let's face it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, back to the pitch perfect story. Rebel Wilson has been confirmed that she will appear in the third one. Uh, whether she'll appear as a um, main character or not um, is being debated. Um, Anna Kendrick is currently unknown quantity. Whether she will rejoin um, the Barden Bellas for the third film. Um, so it could be potentially almost a bit like Glee, where they completely re. You know, juvenate the cast and bring out, and, and maybe Rebel Wilson is going to be the only kind of link to the old. I hope not, because that that would just be completely inconsistent with everything else. You think like if you're going to do like three uh, yeah. films, then have like the, the the main people like that have your dead set really Don't just go like. Be, don't so turn into like America by yes. Band Camp where it's just like yeah. it's just like oh we got one person we got one person right 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 well here we are then yeah it's sequel sequel I could see them going down that route it's very dangerous Anna Kendrick certainly is is kind of the you know the standout star of that series um, and obviously Wilson has her own following but you know whether she'll bring people to a third film or not alone so unless they get another big name then. You know they're, they're putting themselves in dangerous territory, but as you've already said, I'm sure it will take money regardless. Um, and yeah. even if it's crap, then you know they'll probably make a fourth one. <laughs> and then they can go off and do that because it's like it's the fourth one. Then you got a bit licensed to kind of like, yeah, what's well, the yeah. technology? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, up next, our final review of the show, and it's the Duff. Let's talk about labels. The classics still exist. Jock, geek, rocker, mean girl. Sorry. But what I didn't know was I had a brand new label. Where are your girls at? It's actually not my job to give you intel on my best friends. It kind of is, though, as they're duff. Sorry, as they're what? Duff. D-U-F-F. Designated ugly fat friend. What did you just say to me? Every group of friends has one. You know, the one who doesn't look as good, thus making their friends look better. The one who's easy to talk to because no one's trying to get with them. You friended up. Good talk. I'm good. Bianca is a content high school senior whose world is shattered when she learns the student body knows her as the Duff, a.k.a. the designated ugly fat friend, to her pretty, pretty out more popular friends. Now, despite the words of caution from her favourite teacher, she puts aside the potential distraction of her crash, her crush Toby and enlists Wesley, a slick but charming jock, to help reinvent herself. 
To save her senior year from turning into a total disaster, Bianca must find the confidence to overthrow the school's ruthless label maker, Madison, and remind everyone that no matter what people look like or act like, we are all someone's duff. Chris Haig, you love this, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, okay, I won't go say love. I will say I liked it more than I kind of thought I was going to, because I originally thought, wow, that's a really yeah. shitty concept for a film to be going, oh, look, you're the designated ugly fat friend. It's just like, it's oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's fair. High school yes, is offensive, let's face Kids are. <laughs> oh, yeah. High school is war, yeah. children, so, you know, just try and get through it. But, um, yeah, I, I will say a lot of the success of the film is down to the cast, because you've got, like, Mae Whitman, who's in Arrested Development, and, you know, she's on this other stuff, and she she really makes the film. I mean, this is... This, in a way, is a bit like what Easy A is to Emma Stone, but nowhere near yeah, as good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because um, Easy A is amazing. I will no, defend I, I that very film much agree. so much. Um, but, yeah, the Duff operates on a couple of levels. I mean, a couple of steps more serious, and it, it could be like an ABC family or a, you know, like, like a Lifetime movie about, oh, you know, our mm-hmm. kid's cruel... And, you know, it could be something like that cyberbullying film with Emily Osmond that there was a few years ago, and it could be like that. But because it's a real comedy, it's, it, it does straddle that line between at what point does kind of high school cruelty, and particularly social media cruelty, um, at what point does it become a bit too venomous, and what point does it become something you need to address? Yeah, I, you know, I think the cast is very good. You know, I mean, Mae Whitman has this fantastic chemistry with uh, Robbie Amell, who plays yeah. Wesley, who, for some reason, is her... It's a bit of a, like a Taylor Swift "You Belong with Me" situation in that they live next door and they've been friends, but now they're not friends because he's popular yeah. and she's not, and it's just it's a, it's it, it's a bit weird. And then you've got uh, you know you've got like Bella Thorne who is a former Disney starlet and she's playing uh, the kind of the, the the villain, I guess. I don't know if it's really a villainous thing called Madison Morgan, um, to which I say, if your name is Madison Morgan in a film, I'm sorry, you are going yeah. to get evil. You, you really are. There's, you know, there's very few like nice characters called Madison. There's very I don't few know nice why. people um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to bet that's stitch because knowing me, I will run into a Madison and, and be like, oh, you actually you're nice. You're nice. nice. <laughs> But, um, I mean, the other problem I kind of have with the cast is that if you look at all these great actors that they've got in, so you've got, like, Alison Janney, lovely, lovely Alison Janney, and she's kind she's really mm-hmm. underused here as, um, the, as Bianca's mum, and she's this, you know, self-help seminar kind of queen, and she's just all oh, about the steps and the stages and that sort of thing, and it's, it's great, and she is fantastic, but she's in about four scenes in the film and it, you know they really do need to use some art and then you've got um, Ken Yong from uh, Community who he's a very funny guy but the role he's given is so awkward and clunky mm. and it's not it, it, it's definitely not the best kind of representation of what he can do comedically because even if you haven't seen the Community he's there do, in the hangover do, do you think that role was probably like cut down like do you think it was probably like if you, if you, if you, if you take all the film footage that was filmed that film there's probably more scenes with him in it and they just like for whatever reason for the purpose of the film or the, the pinnacle like stuff which would have had him being funny in it was just cut off from film you think if, if they have they have taken about 90% of the humour <laughs> because he is a very weird character in that he's trying to be kind of hit with the kids and you know social media and that sort of thing mm. but uh, it is a real shame because he is really funny 
Um, and then I just got that vibe from it, the fact that I think it just was just one of those roles that just, like, it, it just felt like they just filmed, like, a load of scenes that, like, well, oh, we've got these people, so we'll film like, these load of scenes that have a bit of humour, then we'll just put them in there and see if they were, or they'll take them out, and it just so happened yeah. that it just wasn't, there was pretty much nothing there for him in the actual final finish film, but... Exactly. Um, but on the positive, I think I think it did actually because I've seen people go, oh, it's like Bridesmaids meets Mean Girls, which uh, no, it, it is neither of yeah. those films. It's kind. It, I mean, to bring up Easy A again, it's like a kind of watered down, less slut shaming Easy A. Um, but you know, they have some. One thing I do like about it is that you have these nice positive female relationships yeah. in the film, you know, you've got Bianca and her two friends who, yes, they're maybe conventionally more pretty, which, by the way, I think it's funny that anyone thinks that Mae Whitman is ugly. <laughs> you know, she's she's a pretty to, girl. To be fair, they do address it, they're like, you're not literally, yeah. it just means that kind of person you fit in socially, so it's not necessarily like, oh, you're fat and ugly, it's just that you, you kind of, you, you, you're, you're just like, got hang around fans who are essentially more popular than you are, so therefore you are that person they go to to get those information, or you're that in person. I, to me, it just, it felt, I mean, I, I completely, I get what you're saying, Chris, about it being like a watered-down version of EZA. It felt very much like a lighter version of that, but it felt more like a new take on an 80s high school film, more than, which I suppose was kind of EZA in any way, but... <laughs> But I, I just got that vibe. I think it's more like we've, we've added like, oh yeah, but we tweet and text and Snapchat now. And I, I think it was just another take on that. I mean, I had never heard of stuff, so I have no idea if that actually exists. But I, I guess as a concept, it is actually true. Yeah. I think, I think the the lead man in it, the, uh, the he he just seemed ridiculously too hot for the for the role. All that kind of like, does anyone know what I'm talking about? He just seems like. He, he just seems too jockey. He seems too like I don't know. It just didn't match with May Whitman's character. I don't know if am I, am I, I think just... that's kind of the point there, wasn't it? But it yeah, uh, it, I liked it f- far more than I wanted to. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I set I mean, out. Yeah, I, I, mean, out I, I to liked hate it. This film and I definitely did. All right, <laughs> you know, it funny. It was it was entertaining. It, it made a lot of sense actually. A lot of what the film had to say, you know, I thought, yeah, I can, yeah, I can see that. I know, I, yeah, I know that person and that person. And you know, you say it's, it's refreshing to to see actually, you know, female friendships that, you know, it's, it's not something you get in, you know, in Mean Girls or, you know, not not even in Easy A really, where you get really positive, you know, female friends that mm. you genuinely like each other. And also the two prettier friends aren't thick either. You know, that they have their own identity you know one's you know you know kind of a you know a fashionista but she's a designer she's also intelligent though and then you've got one who's you know she's a gamer um and she's athletic and um so she's not just the you know like a mean girl she's not just a a dumb blonde or um you know the the saki bitch you know that those two characters you have their own identity and I, i just don't think that they were used potentially enough and so i think it was perhaps a mistake to um, and we're going to spoiler territory here um, to, to break down the friendship between May Whitman's character and those two as quickly as they did because it limited the amount of time actually that they spent on screen and the, there was that was one of the things about the uh, about the film is actually there were you know defined characters you know even even the you know the roles that um, you know as you said only appeared three or four times you know Alice and Janie's character she had a distinct character there it's just unfortunate that 
these characters didn't all quite have enough screen time to be able to um, you know highlight how good they were. Um, so that's perhaps its its down point. But you know, it was a strong film. I, I liked it a lot more than perhaps I should have done because it certainly wasn't made for me. <laughs> I, I think that's really down to Mae Whitman, I think, because I think it's it's more, if anything, the Duff is like a like a leading vehicle yeah. for her, and I think as that, it it shows like she is a likable mm-hmm. screen presence and and does have personality and does have a bit of you know thing to her. She you know she has got a bit of attitude to her. You know, there's you know she doesn't take any shit. She's smart. Mm-hmm. She's intelligent, and I think as a as a general like high school film for teenagers it, it works pretty well you know yeah and, uh, down downsides of, of it i guess was it, it was predictable um you know it, it didn't do anything really to surprise you um you know we've already but to be fair let, let's be honest john wick's yes, like that yeah, but, but... <laughs> and i love john yeah. wick so it's, yeah, it's, you, you got you got to like go sometimes yeah. predictable is kind yeah. of like well that's, okay. what, that's what i'm saying it's, say. it's necessarily a negative point and um you know you know even you know the other point i was going to make is the other negative is is that you know what i just mentioned so you know some of these you know great you know, character actors and the great characters in themselves don't get quite enough screen time. But just as you argued, you know, that's perhaps the point. You know, it is all about highlighting how great, um, you know, Mae Whitman is and about you know, how how likable her character is. And she is the focus point. It is her film. Um, it's not an ensemble. So you know, for that reason, they are very small negatives. You know, for, for me, it was it was a very strong film. Um, and I, I know you agree, Haig. <laughs> I really enjoyed it more than I thought I was gonna. Um, I think the chemistry works really well. I think Mae Whitman does make the film in the hands of a kind of lesser actress. It would be boring. Um, I mean, I'd, if I had the choice, I'd much rather see a film where it's you know it's Jess and Bianca and Casey and they're just completely losing it and having a really good comedy. But I, th- I think it works well. Yeah, it's predictable and it's kind of you know oh be true to yourself all that sort of thing. But it's it's nice. Um, plus, it somehow it let me know that Mae Whitman plays the daughter in Independence Day. Yes. So I'm very happy to know that fact. <laughs> and uh, Chris Byrne? Uh, yeah, I you know I, I enjoyed it. It's an easy watch. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's got a likable like lead character. It's you know it's it, it's it's likable enough teenage film. It didn't didn't sort of you know blow my mind or anything. That sort of walk away thinking, oh wow, it's really something special. But it's you know. For for what it for the purpose that it is, it, it does an absolutely fine job of doing it. I have a date. Hmm? Don't do that. You do. You don't? Stop. <laughs> uh, Question? That's important. What? What do you want? Come on, please. Exactly. And that's all we've got time for this week. I will be back again next week. As I said, Tony won't be back until the following week. Um, up next week we have uh, Woman in Gold, um, The Salvation and a number of other films uh, if we get to see them I'll be joined by uh, Leslie Byron Pitt and Chris Wilson next week uh, thank you for joining me though guys this week you can find uh, Chris Haig on Twitter at at higher underscore boy um, and you can find Chris Byrne at Cinematronics or at www.cinematronics.co.uk so thanks for joining me guys hopefully you'll be back on again soon no boys enjoyed it yeah. thank you very much uh, for having me yeah exactly thank you and until next week it's goodbye from all three of us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.